Um, sweet. So, how was that? Nice um, end to the week, um, end to the series. Um, so, okay, so when I first thought I was preaching tonight, or knew I was preaching tonight, I thought I was preaching on Samson. I was like, sick, Samson's rad. Who did Samson in G-teams and loved it? Yeah, like ripping a line in half, that's sick. But no, I get this. Um, and I'm, I guess after reading it, I'm stoked. Um, I got a bit of a cold, so if I cough or sneeze on you, I've got some hand sanitizer. You can have a drink later. Um, that's probably these guys in front of me. I'm looking at you, Reese. Um, yeah, okay, sick. So um, tonight I'm wrapping up Judges. Um, and to be honest, it's been a pretty gnarly book, so full of like darkness and repetitive sin and stupidity, and it just keeps getting worse. And tonight we hit the bottom of the spiral. Um, this is the darkest and lowest point of Judges. Um, we'll be finishing up in chapter 19, as you just read, um, and it leads us to one final battle um, in 20 and 21 and such, and I'll briefly touch on that, but this is the point. Um, so what I want you to note in this part of Judges is that this actual event happened earlier in the history of Judges. Um, so we, can, we assume the writer puts it at the end to highlight how bad everything is, um, and kind of leave us with this sense of despair, like, can it actually get better? And, um, yeah. So when we first started Judges, I was like, um, I was thinking, like, crap, this is pretty hectic. Um, and I bet a lot of you were shocked at what was going on, especially if you were new to youth and church. You're kind of like, this is the Bible. This is lovey, happy, flyy angels. And this is kind of like, yeah, stabby, stabby, rippy, stabby. And, um, <laughs> like, I looked at it, and I'm like, I guess that, that's in the Bible. Like, that is in God's holy book. This is the holy book. Um, and I guess a lot of, I look at it and I'm like, is it still this bad today? Um, and I want to say tonight, my point is that it's still this bad today. Um, and it's become so normal to us that we don't get so shocked anymore. Um, humanity seems to still be on that same downward spiral. Um, and it started from the fall and it's still going today. And I'm going to assert that it's not actually going to get better. And, I mean, you hear a lot um, people say, if we all stand together, humanity can get things done. Um, and I'm going to say that's a lie. Um, so listen to this quote um, by a dude called Blaise Pascal. Um, it's from about 400 years ago, um, and it sounds pretty relevant today still. Um, and to be honest, it could have been written in the days of Judges too, <coughs> and we wouldn't question it. It is in vain, O men, that you seek within yourselves the cure for all your miseries. All your insight has led you to the knowledge that it is not in yourselves that you discover the true and the good. The philosophers promised them to you, but they were not able to keep that promise. They do not know what your true good is or what your nature is. How should they have provided you with a cure for ills which they had not understood? Your principal maladies, which is sicknesses, <coughs> are pride which cuts you off from God and sensuality which binds you to the earth. So do you reckon that sounds like today? Like today we have... Um, People like Dr. Phil and Oprah and all those things that your parents watch at midday. Um, <coughs> wow. Um, the media in general, just promising cures for, you know, these things that we have wrong with us and they don't actually understand what they are. They don't get um, the fact that humanity is actually intrinsically broken. And I'm going to, I guess you'll agree that that's where all religions agree. Um, all great, yeah, um, beliefs kind of agree that there is something wrong with humanity. 
but they don't know what it is. And the big idea of judges as a whole and tonight is that humanity needs a king. And that's tonight's talk. Um, so just have a quick look at this story. So it's a pretty dark, depressing part of Judges. Um, we have a Levite who is a priest. He's taken time off. He's got a little holiday. Um, and he's chased after his concubine. and She's been unfaithful to him. Now note that the penalty for this would have been death back in those days. Anyway. Yeah, it's tasty. Um, he spends a few... So he <coughs> chases her back, spends a few nights at his father-in-law's place. They have it eat and a drink and a chutz. And then he decides that... Um, he wants to leave quite late in the afternoon. He's wanted to spend one night there, but he's like, yeah, sick, we'll, we'll go home on Arbo. Um, so because it was so late, him leaving, he had to stop somewhere. Normally he would have made the journey in the day. Um, so his servant suggests stopping off at a place called Jebus, or Jebus but he refuses. <clears throat> his reasoning was that Gibeah is close by. It's an Israelite city. There should be tret well and looked after. So he's part of the 12 tribes. Um, <clears throat> Goodness gracious me. As we see in the story, nobody from the town of Gibeah actually offers up their home, even though back in those days, hospitality was like a big honour. So it was kind of like, someone's here, let's let them in, we'll look good. So people leave him in the square. Um, and then eventually a dude brings him home. Um, they have a few bevies, have dinner, and then they hear some banging on the doors. And you've got some dudes, um, wicked fellows, it says... Um, Oh, I'm going to lose my voice, um, yelling out to the man, um, saying, bring him out so we can um, assault, rape him, really, sexually assault him, which is full on. Um, that's like, yeah, in public. Um, and then in verse 24, we see um, the dude throw out his concubine, and his, well, he offers to throw out his concubine and his virgin daughter. Um, so... The guys refuse. They want the guy. Um, sorry. So what's heaps interesting about this is the same kind of thing happens in Genesis, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Lot, whose wife turned to salt, sick story, um, was entertaining two dudes who happened to be angels. And some men surround the house with a mission to get it on with the men, but the angels. Um, but they ended up just blinding all the dudes um, so they couldn't get in. So the comparison's there on purpose to show how far this Israelite chosen city of God has fallen from their chosen position with God. Um, and then eventually, <clears throat> oh man, eventually in verse 25, we see the Levite throw his missus out there. Um, these men assault her all night until morning um, and she falls down on the doorstep and dies. And it's brutal. So if that's not mad messed up enough for you, he takes her home, cuts her up into 12 pieces, um, and then <coughs> sends her throughout Israel. So the whole point of this was to cause his anger, get everyone to gang up on Gibeah, town of Benjaminites, and smash them. So why is this in the Bible? Why is this in God's holy book? Point one is Israel needs a king. So... Um, so what we see all through Judges is this constant spiral of sin. Um, whenever Israel has a judge, they go kind of well. So we see that with all Deborah, um, Solomon, kind of. Uh, Saul, sorry. I mean, Samson. I'm, like, I'm out of it. Um, kind of. You don't really go into it. But yeah, all, all their um, judges, you see that um, when the judge dies, 
It doesn't take long for them to kind of fall away and forget the God who has just saved them. Um, but when we look through this whole last chunk, we don't we just see despair. Like we don't see any um, you know any saving. Um, we just see this this re- reoccurring line from probably chapter seventeen. <clears throat> oh man, has anyone got some honey or something? Like no one. Oh my goodness. Um, so in seventeen. Verse 6, we see, in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Um, in 18.1, in those days Israel had no king. And in those, uh, yep. Um, 19.1, in those days Israel had no king. And in 21.25, um, to end the book, we see, in those days Israel had no king. And everyone did as they saw fit. So what we see is um, the book of Judges starting with the death of a leader and um, the whole book pretty much being saturated in despair and a search for a leader. So when... Um, I need more water. Whew. So when you guys are at school um, and like your teacher leaves the room, like, have you noticed what happens? Like Everything kind of goes into disarray. Like, I was a mad teacher's pet at school. And um, when the teacher left, I'd turn into the biggest rat going around. And um, I guess it just highlights that when you teach, like, you need authority. Um, and I think we need authority still today. See, the Israelites needed a leader, um, and the book of Judges ends without one. Um, and we're left with this sense of, like, pure kind of hopelessness, um, can it get better? And it's and the point is, Israelites needed a king. And this leads to point number two. And that is, earthly kings proved not enough. So, <clears throat> what we see a bit further on in 1 Samuel, uh, 1 and 2 Samuel, um, 1 and 2 Kings, we see kings get given to Israel um, and they're ruling and things kind of don't get better. Um, so it's safe to say that this earthly king wasn't enough for Israel. And let's look at the world today. I mean, um, all countries have, like, <clears throat> supreme powers. We don't all have kings. We've got prime ministers. We've got presidents. Um, and, I mean, when you look around, things don't really seem much better, I guess. Um, I mean, the world's in shambles. Um, we saw that even when kings caused these problems. Um, I guess what we could say from that is, as a race, like a humanity, we haven't really changed all that much. Um, we've become smarter, but I want to, I guess, um, that's just really increased the creativity of how we can sin, um, as, as opposed to just being those simple lusts. It's kind of been, um, we can do it, yeah, so many different ways. See, um, murder, rape, and idolatry all still exist. Um, it's, it's just as prevalent. But we see these things occur in like a mass stage now. Um, in the past century, we've seen genocide, and, um, and it's not likely that it's going to get better. Um, see, the problem for the people in the book of Judges was that um, they constantly forgot God. Um, every time they were saved, they'd go all right for a while until old mate died, and then they'd fall back into sin. Um, 
and like we still see this all around us. Um, like there's atrocities occurring every day. Like God's being pushed out of society, um, and people are like, yeah, that we don't want God. It causes these problems. But as God gets pushed out, things are getting worse, and um, it's going to keep getting worse until Jesus comes back. And that, that's the long and short of it. Like our generation's going to see the worst time probably ever, and then it's going to get worse until Christ comes back. <coughs> Now, the main point of this isn't meant to be um, sins, the sins of the people, um, the sins of us. It's meant to be sin itself. And, and this hasn't changed. And if anything, I want to say it's harder now. See, the Israelites back here had the law to follow. And when we saw Jesus come, um, we saw everything kind of change. So um, the law became harder. So he comes and he says... Um, he says, um, you've heard it said, do not murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I say, he who looks at a brother with anger will be subject to that same judgment. See, what we saw is it became so much harder. So we would, they were told not to murder. We were, we were told not to judge. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty well guilty of that. Um, but we were blessed and loved enough to have that same man who came and with his life, um, and teachings made it impossible to be saved through his life and death, made it completely possible to be saved. And that leads me to my final point, which is Jesus came as king. Um, with the coming of Jesus, we got that king that we needed. Um, in 1 Corinthians one twenty three, it mentions that to the Jews, Jesus was a stumbling block. And that saddens me heaps. I have a lot of Jewish friends. Um, and a lot of Jewish people are still waiting for that king. Not so much my friends, it's more of a tradition thing, but um, you'll find a lot of people are waiting for that saviour. And you'll see that today in Israel. They're going for all these wars, waiting for that king still. And that's what it says. So the Jew, just Jesus was a stumbling block. Um, see, he not only gives the gift of eternal life, but he gave us that gift of a king that we, that we need. He transcends heaven and earth. He's a king now and a king into eternity, something for authority for today. He's a spiritual king. He's defeated sin as a whole. And through lordship in our lives, he can lead us away from those consequential sins. And like, obviously we still all struggle with sin. Um, and that's life. We're still sinful beings. And, um, and I guess that's why coming to youth and G-teams and stuff like that and doing this journey together makes it a whole lot easier. Um, it's, it's heaps important. Like living with Jesus... Oh, are you serious? Yes. Thank you. Yes. That is the best thing ever. I wanted to have a green tea and all my youth boys said, Oh, that's gay. And I wish I did. I'm not listening to you guys again. Okay, um, that feels like I had one sip of that and I feel a little bit better. Maybe I have two. That's so hot, but I'm going to burn my tongue. Okay, where did we start again, eh? Nah, um, yeah, so, gee, oh, you even opened it for me. That's nice. Oh. Who says Christians don't care for each other? So, um, 
Oh, this is good. Menthol. Um, yeah, so obviously we all still struggle with sins. Um, and yeah, because we're sinful beings, but yeah, we're here to do this as a family, which is sick. Um, so when Jesus was on earth, obviously he was living as a, as a servant. When he was raised up um, to be with the Father, in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, where he gave the Great Commission, um, he made the, the claim that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So I guess my question is, to wrap it up, um, do you live like that? Do you live like um, Jesus has authority in heaven and on earth? Um, a lot of the times I find that we can live, and do I live like that, really? A lot of the times I find that we as a people can live like Jesus has authority in heaven but doesn't have authority on earth. So kind of like, I can't wait to be in heaven. But when it comes to my everyday living, I'm kind of just like, eh. And just um, just kind of go on and not actually give him the reverence he deserves. Um, <clears throat> in Luke 9.23, and we recently did Luke, um, he says, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Pretty much that's, that's the goal. Um, there's this amazing quote by Francis Chan. Um, it's going to come up on the screen. I think I wrote it out. Um, yeah, sick. Um, he did the, the video about the gangster dude at Fat. Um, the irony is that while God doesn't need us but still wants us, we desperately need God but don't want him most of the time. He treasures us and anticipates our departure from this earth to be with him. And we wonder indifferently how much we have to do to get by. Um, so does that sound like you? I mean, honestly, it sounds like me most of the time. Um, I will kind of like... Um, I live a life that will reflect Jesus as being my saviour, but not often my king. And the two can be separate. Um, See, the Israelites in the book of Judges were guilty of this all through it. They lived with God as their saviour, but not as their king. So they needed saving and they cried to God. But then he'd come, they'd have a judge they'd follow, not God to an extent. Um, They'd do what the judge does. And and then all throughout, they still cried out for a king. They didn't understand that. They'd kind of, they'd live completely free of reverence to God until they needed that. And I think we do that too. So I'll find sometimes, I guess I'll be in stages where everything's going good and I'm just like, yeah, it's good. I live like, um, I, I live as if I forget that God actually places the breath in my lungs like, I'm doing fine at the moment. I don't need to pray. I can get up in the morning. I can do my work. I can come home. I can watch TV. I, get, I can get through a whole day so easily without thinking of God. But the truth is that he puts the breath in our lungs um, without his sovereignty, um, without him being sovereign and, and loving and allowing us to live. We can't. Um, so, yeah. And what, something that I want you to get from the book of Judges as a whole is that um, the thing that caused God to move wasn't the, the desperation of the Israelites' cry, but the unbridled compassion that he felt for his people. 
He just wanted them to reach out. It wasn't so much how desperate. Um, for an, for, but even, for example, I mean, we saw in Samson, they never cried out. God raised Samson from um, birth so he could have all the glory in that. But, yeah. So, back to the point is, like, we can often live for God, crying out for salvation, um, and then crying out when we need something, but most of the time we don't really live like we need him until something comes up. So I want to ask, is God your saviour or is God your saviour king? And that's pretty much the main thing for you guys tonight if you're a Christian. If you come tonight and you're not a Christian, you've just chutzed in um, along with mates and stuff and you don't know much about God and you've rocked up and they're talking about rape and dudes and cutting and 12 pieces and you're like, whoa, um, like... I can't imagine, like, I honestly can't, I can't imagine coming into a church and just being like, this being the first thing I heard. That'd be hectic. Um, but I guess what I want you to get from it tonight is that this stuff is true history. Um, and with you in mind, I want you to understand that we live under this um, truth that we need a saviour king, that we need someone who will be there for us, uh, like who, we, um, who will lead us um, on earth and on heaven. Um, so if, yeah, if you're new and you want to know more about this, I urge you to go talk to a leader or talk to the mates who bought you, kind of getting out of your comfort zone and um, chatting to someone because it's probably, well, it is the most important um, thing you can ever chase up. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much the end. Um, <coughs> survived. Um, don't feel, don't feel, no, no. <laughs> um, no, nah, but seriously, thanks for that, Penny. Um, that was sick. Um, I'm just going to pray, um, and then I think Jam will come back up, and then we'll go sing as if Jesus is our king, and show it to him in a physical worship sense. And, um, and then we will get into a blanket fort and um, cook some marshies, eh? Yeah. Okay, um, I'll just pray. Uh, dear Lord, um, thank you that um, we could come here tonight and learn, uh, hear from your word, God. Um, I pray that even though it wasn't um, del- delivered with pure health, God, I pray that it will be received um, in the way that you want it to be received, Father God. I pray that we'll be people that live um, with you as king, um, and with you as our saviour, God, um, I pray that, and we will, sh- and um, our lives will show that to other people. Um, may we go into a weekend and the next week um, with that in mind that we can't actually live a life um, worth living without you. In um, your name, we pray. Amen. Oh, cover. <laughs>